Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Surveil. But until you say those words, he doesn't lift the veil. And that is why so many battle with intimacy. They want intimacy apart from covenant commitment. And it doesn't work. That's why I've counseled people. And they said, we were in the world. We were living together. We had great time together. We got saved. We got married. And now. We are having such conflict with each other. What's going on? And I say to them, the veil's been removed because you spoke covenant words. And so God wants us to become a covenant of people in intimacy with him. And I believe to do that, we need to grow in our prayer life. And so that is what I want to share with you today. It's about growing in your prayer life. I heard the missionary went to Africa and he hadn't been schooled quite well enough in prayer. And he came across a line and he said, Lord, please make this a Christian lion. And the lion knelt down, put his paws together and said, For what I'm about to receive, Lord, make me truly thankful. Amen. And I believe we need to be schooled to pray more fervently and more powerfully than that missionary if we are going to succeed. And for you to be a covenant keeper, you need to be a person of prayer. And I want to say to you, prayer is not a feeling. Prayer is an act of your will. If we could get the first PowerPoint slide, please. We see there that prayer is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. When we were attacked by 16,000 rebels in Africa in 1986, I want to tell you, we didn't say, do I have the gift of prayer Am I called to the prayer ministry? Can I pray? We went into the tents and we began to pray. And when we prayed, God did the miraculous. And so as we look further, we see that prayer is not something that is easy. If you look at Matthew 26, verse 41, Jesus 
asked his disciples to pray for him. And what happened when he asked them to pray? They fell asleep. Everything Jesus asked for up until that point was for the kingdom. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Come to me and I'll give you power and authority. But in the garden, he asked for something for himself. And what was that? Prayer. And when they fell asleep, he said to them, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm not going to tell you prayer is easy. Prayer is not easy. It's something that takes work, but it has a great reward. And the greatest thing that Jesus wants is for you and for me to start being his friend. Don't make prayer so complicated that you disqualify yourself before you even start. Just talk to God as your friend. Let him be the friend that you're talking to, that you know, that you love, that you want to be with. If you look at Matthew chapter 6, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, Jesus said, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So there Matthew 6 verse 6, what Jesus is saying to us is he wants us to take quality time to be alone in prayer. And that is where prayer starts. You're never going to pray effectively in church if you're not praying effectively at home. You need to start by making Jesus your best friend and speaking to him Speaking to his Father, letting the Holy Spirit inspire you and help you as you go. And then it goes on in verse 7 and it says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard by their many words. And so I want to encourage you, don't over 
complicate prayer. Just let it be natural. I remember one time when I was seeking the Lord and wanting him to speak a very clear word to me. And I opened up a book I'd never read before. And one of the things that it said was, you say, why don't I speak louder? And the Lord said, shouting in the house is just not a habit of mine. Shouldn't the Lord of the supernatural be the most natural of all? And I think when it comes to prayer, and hearing from God, we make it so supernatural, we try to disqualify ourselves. Think about Samuel. When God talked to Samuel, what did Samuel do? He kept running to Eli. Why? It wasn't a supernatural Samuel. This is God. Feel the feelings. Get the... No, it was Samuel. My son, I'm talking to you. And I believe we need to be natural in our prayer life with the Lord. And as we move on, we see that when we come to the Lord and we pray, I want to mention to you three ways of praying. One is to ask, the second is to seek, and the third is to knock. So there can be different dimensions of prayer that we go into. And Jesus described this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. And he says in Matthew 7, verse 7, Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Doesn't that inspire you to want to ask, to want to seek, to want to knock and really hear what the Lord is saying? And this is what prayer is all about. It's just asking Daddy in heaven, for what is yours? If you're not sure what he wants for you, then you need to seek him and find what is it that he's saying, what is it that is his will. And when you know what his will is, then you knock and you knock and you don't stop until you see the breakthrough. 
And that is what God desires. So as we look at asking, we see that asking is when you know what his will is. Like in Psalm 2 verse 8, it says, Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. There's no doubt about that. Psalm 2 verse 8 shows us very clearly that we are to ask him for the nations. So we don't have to seek him and say, God, is it your will to give us the nations? He's already showed it to us through his word. And so in our prayer life, we need to be people that love the word. I would say for me, much of my prayer life is simply praying the word of God. Just responding to God's word. Another thing that we do not need to ask about is, is it God's will to pray for people to be saved? He's already showed us. He says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that it is not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So that is the will of God. So when you are praying for salvation for someone, you don't have to say, Lord, if it's your will, let them get saved. No. You can pray, Lord, I know it's your will that they get saved. And because, God, you don't want anyone to perish, I thank you that you will bring them to salvation. I thank you that you will cause them to become saved. But then if we go on to seeking, when you are not sure about the thing you are praying for and you need an answer, that is when you need to seek God. This is another level of prayer. When you are asking, you usually just are talking. But when you begin to seek God in prayer, that is when you start to listen. You ask questions, you wait, and you want to know what he is showing you. In 1985, God called me to move out in faith. And as I moved out in faith, 
He said, I don't want you to make your needs known. I want you to trust me to be your provider. He gave me three scriptures, two prophetic words, and then the door opened for me to move out and work with the missionary. But as I did that and I moved out in faith, so many circumstances came to say I wasn't in the will of the Lord. And one night I went into the bedroom and I began to weep so hard and I said, Lord, tonight I am seeking you and I need to know, am I in your will. Is this what you want for me? And as I did that, I was crying so hard, I was right down inside. And I opened up my Bible to my devotional reading. And I don't play Bible roulette where I just open up the Bible and put my finger down. Because that can cause problems. Someone did that, they opened up the Bible, put their finger down and it said, Judas hung himself. Closed it, opened it up again and it said, go and do the same thing. Closed it and opened it up and said, why have you not obeyed yet? So you can get into trouble when you do that. You need to have a consistent Bible reading. And here I was weeping and crying and saying, God, am I in your will? And when I read my devotion that night, it said, Thus says the Lord, restrain your voice from weeping. And your eyes from tears for your work shall be rewarded, declares the Lord. And as much as I cried and wept, I began to rejoice in the Lord and to realize how good he had been to speak to me so clearly. And when I was seeking the Lord and praying about my wife, he had given me the very first promise in 1985 where he said, I'm preparing a helpmate for you. But when it came to years later and nothing seemed to be happening, I began to seek him and I said, Lord, what are you showing me? And he took me to Psalm 45. And the verse particularly that he gave me was, She shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. The virgins, her companions, who follow her shall be brought to you. And the Lord said, don't strive. 
she's going to be brought to you. I waited 25 years, but God was faithful and he brought Sue. And many heard that last night. So when you're seeking him, he will give you scriptures in prayer. He'll speak to you and he'll encourage you to know what he is saying. Once you know what God has said to you, that is when you start to knock and you become persistent as you have faith. When God spoke to me and said, I am going to give you a helpmate, I kept knocking at heaven's door until the prayer was answered. And one of the things God's worked in my life, because of the rejection and a lot of what I've gone through, is that I'm a very persistent person. If I start something that I know it's God, I do not quit until I see the breakthrough. And some of you know the battle that I went through the last time I was with you with the whole thing on my green card and citizenship. And it was one of the most intense battles I've fought. But I saw as I just kept going forward, God undertook. There's a lot that I never understood. Why it was so hard, why it was so long. But it was with great joy on the 5th of July this year, I got my 10-year green card. And God has worked. But I want to tell you, it was very easy to want to give up. But a covenant keeper does not quit. A covenant keeper keeps going with their God. Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 18, and he knew the battle. Of prayer, and he knew that we would sometimes struggle to be persistent in prayer. And so he said there in verse 1 Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Do you know what? The root meaning of the word encouragement is. The root meaning of encouragement is to give heart. That's what it means. When I encourage you, I am strengthening your heart and I'm building you up. 
And Jesus knew that in our prayer life, we get attacked to want to give up, to want to quit. But we need to be persistent. And then in verse 8, as he's given this parable of the persistent widow, who would not give up praying, would not give up asking. He says in verse 8, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Isn't that interesting? Talking about prayer, He says, when I come back, how much faith is there going to be? Luke 18, verse 8. So we see that prayer is an act of faith. And when you and I keep knocking, we are demonstrating that we truly have faith. Because that's what Luke 18 is teaching us. Don't lose heart. Don't let unbelief rob you in your prayer life. There was someone who once went through deliverance, and as they went into deliverance, they said, Lord, Will you use my deliverance as a teaching? And for the next two and a half hours, the deliverance team watched this person being delivered by the Lord. And when it was all done, they said, What happened? This person said, The Lord showed me every obstacle and challenge in my life. And he would show me the obstacle and then he put this terrible smell under my nose. And he would say, am I not bigger than that mountain? And the person said, yes, you are. And when they said that, the smell would lift slightly. But right at the end, the person said, Lord, why have you tormented me with this terrible smell? And the Lord said to her, that is the smell of your unbelief in my nostrils. And the lesson that I'm teaching you today, the opposite of faith is not fear. It's unbelief. And we need to guard against unbelief robbing us in our prayer life. Jacob was another person who describes being persistent 
and knocking at heaven's door until you see the breakthrough. And so he prayed all night and he wrestled with God until he got the breakthrough. And so it says in Genesis 32, verse 24, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. There are times when you and I have to wrestle in prayer. We don't fully understand why God's letting something happen. I remember after my father was murdered and killed in South Africa, saying to the Lord, Lord, why did you let this happen? I trust you. I know you in control. I love you and I'm never going to walk away from you. But why did you let it happen? And he said, it's part of your intercession for the nation of South Africa. Where many are losing loved ones. I want you to identify with them as an intercessor. And so as you wrestle with God, he gives you answers. And I was wrestling with God and saying, God, why was this immigration process such a difficult one for me? And just a few weeks ago, he gave me the answer. And he said, because I've called you to walk with such authority into the nations, the enemy tried to stop you going to those nations because he knows the authority you carry by my spirit when you walk into the nations. So if we wrestle with God, he will meet with us. Then it goes on in verse 26 of Genesis 32, and it says to Jacob, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That was Jacob's prayer. I want a blessing. I want to be changed. And I'm not going to let you go until I get what I want. Some of you right now are wrestling with God. And I want to say to you, don't let go till you receive what you know he has for you. 
And then we see in verse 28 that it says, And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. I believe that every time we wrestle with God, our character is changed. And we do not come out the same. I remember hearing a great man of God say once, I never trust anyone who doesn't walk with a limp. Because we know from the day that Jacob wrestled with God, he walked with a limp. But his life was changed. And that is what prayer will do for you. It will change and transform your life. And even if you seem to walk with a limp, just keep going because you know the price you pay. And so we need to discern as we grow in prayer, is it something we just have to ask for and we know that it's God's will? Is it something that we need to spend time seeking God about and hearing from him? Or has he spoken and now you need to just keep knocking until the door opens? And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. Now I want to encourage you, if you're not a great person of prayer, don't go home today and try to pray for an hour. Start with five minutes. Just take five minutes. And let it grow from there. Because what you'll find is when you're comfortable with God for five minutes, then ten minutes becomes easier. Then fifteen minutes. And then it will just grow and grow from there. Another thing is, Let your prayer become a way of life. So often we want to get into legalistic ritual. We want a prayer recipe. Pastor, give me the recipe to pray. Well, I can tell you as a prayer and an intercessor, the ministry is that you got to just grow and flow with the Spirit. 
The minute I have my recipe for prayer, God leaves and I have my recipe. I'd rather have God and no recipe. Because the minute you know exactly how to do it, you're going to lose the life that comes from doing that. I say to people, if I go into prayer today and I'm praying for the spirit of heaviness and God gives me great laughter and joy and there's a freedom Next Sunday when I start to pray and I discern heaviness, what is my natural tendency? To turn on the joy and the laughter and it worked last Sunday. But the next Sunday God says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. No, 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 Lord, don't you know the recipe was joy? And so we need to let our prayer life come out of a deep friendship. If you look at Jesus at the end of his ministry, he had spent all this time with his disciples, training them, equipping them, showing them, He had the best servants he could ever have in the world to go out. And yet, what did he say? I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you my friends. God wants friends. And if you can keep that paramount in your prayer life, it's not about the time, it's not about the technique, it's about growing in friendship with God. Things will be very powerful. It tells us, In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, to pray without ceasing. Now, how do we do that? How do you and I pray without ceasing? It's where you make prayer the oxygen you breathe. Just like we have to breathe in oxygen, make prayer that natural to your life. Just let it be something. I can be walking and I'm praying. I can be anywhere and I'm still staying in a place of prayer. And that's why Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It doesn't say 
as many as are led when they in the spirit in church, as many as are led when they in deep prayer, our whole life should be led by the spirit. And we should be hearing what the spirit is saying. So prayer becomes something very natural. If you look at Ephesians 6.18, Paul says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So we see that praying in the Spirit is all kinds of prayers that are being led by the Spirit. Where I learned to pray in the Spirit was we would have a group of 80 people. The leader would divide us into 10 groups of eight. He'd send us into 10 different rooms to pray And all he said was, pray for tomorrow's service. And when the ten groups came back, every single one of them did the same warfare, prayed through the same issues, and yet they weren't listening to each other. Who were they listening to? They were listening to the Holy Spirit. And that is why finally we are told in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15 that we can pray with the Spirit and we can pray with the understanding. And I believe praying with the Spirit is primarily praying in tongues. Because if you look right before this verse, he says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my mind is unproductive, but my spirit is alive to God. And I believe when we pray with the spirit and you grow in praying in tongues, it will help you to pray in the spirit. I want you to come at this time and sing a song. And as she sings this, I want you to think today, how much are you asking? How much are you seeking? How much are you knocking? How willing are you to grow in your prayer life? Because God wants to take you to a new place in prayer. The more I seek you The more I find you, the more I find you, 
feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you, and breathe, feel your heartbeat. This love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace, it's overwhelming. desire to grow in prayer. I pray that you will meet them as their most intimate covenant friend. 
and that they will be willing to pay the price and make the commitment that is needed. In Jesus' name, amen. In our book, Restoring the Gates that Prevail, we have the chapter on the fountain gate. It says that the Lord is the source of all of our provision. And there's nothing more sick than those who don't wait upon the Lord. Because those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on the wings of an eagle and, and attain to the high call of God, the purposes of God. And so I thank God for people like Bradley Stewart who waited upon the Lord. And his strength is renewed. And when I walked in yesterday, because we were in North Carolina, I saw him. I said, you must have lost like 20 years, right? Because the Bible promises you shall be renewed, rejuvenated. And the people that don't wait, man, they're wasted. They're frustrated. They're tired. They never obtain what God wants for them because they don't know how to wait. So in that waiting period is a time to get close to God. And we get to close to God through prayer. Uh, just It's even your own spirit that prays. The Bible says when you pray in the spirit, the words, they don't even, you can't capture the communication with words it's inexpressible the spirit moans father I thank you for this time with our brother Bradley Stewart and we rejoice with him oh God we rejoice also with his wife Sue who also waited all her sisters were married off and she continued to wait on your provision and then all the while it was being perfected because when we wait, our character begins to be transformed and we begin to be less selfish. We begin to be more like Christ. And so these who have set themselves apart for your perfect time and your perfect union, we pray that you would use them for your glory, O oh God, and that their example would be unto us life. That their life would be unto us bread. That we might nourish and see that God is faithful more than we will ever know. And it's a good thing to wait upon the Lord. Lamentation says that God is good to those who wait upon Him. And during that time that we are seeing your promises be fulfilled in our lives and in our families that we might perfect our intimacy and communication with you. You have said that bad communication corrupts character. When we have no faith, when we stop waiting, when we throw the towel, when we fret and fear, none of that is healthy. None of that breeds the provision of God towards our life. 
but it's those that keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. Those will be answered. They will receive. They will find. So we pray that this message would be a foundation for our Christian walk and that we might be perfected in our prayers so we could be an example to the world of your goodness and be trophies of your grace. We exalt you. We exalt you forever, O God. Thank you for giving us access to come before your throne of grace to request help in the time of our necessity. Because you will do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we prayed or thought. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Um, Let's give a big hand to the Lord. Amen. Remember what I said? It's, it's really ugly when we don't wait. When we don't wait, we show the world that God isn't faithful. When we wait, the world sees the faithfulness of God. The fruit. Um, that's what Yvette shared over at Covenant Keepers. That so many people, because they do not persevere, they never see the result of God in their lives. They never see God's faithfulness. So um, greet one another in the love of the Lord. And we will see you on Wednesday night for our general midweek Bible study. Please don't miss out as people are coming from all nations to come to this place. They want to meet you. And uh, greet one another in the love of the Lord. God bless you.
Testing one two. Testing one two. Hello.